Hello and welcome to another Why the Long Face Shortcut. We've got to put a warning on this one, mate. Folks, it's Sigmund Freud, right? So there's going to be reference to masturbation, right? Uh, yes, and penises. Uh, and all sorts of sexual stuff, because that's that was his bag, right? I suppose it's partially not so our fault. So this is prior warning. <laughs> yeah, really do not let your kids listen to this one. I'm sort of <laughs> embarrassed about it, but when I listened to it, I did have a bit of a giggle. We thought no no uh, podcast on mental health would be complete without at least talking about the mumbo-jumbo. The godfather of psychoanalysis, Mr. Sigmund. Is he, is he a hero of yours, or is he like an anti-hero of yours? That's what I'm uh, both. It must know. have been, at the time, absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah, discovering the unconscious. Bloody hell. It's a good beer, but came over, a good beard came over, and a cigar, which you're going to tell me later, uh, he thought might have been a substitute for his cock. For his own masturbatory obsessions. <laughs> It's already funny. There's definitely a uh, a feature film in it. I can't believe it hasn't been done. And it's a comedy, isn't it, with Woody Allen or Ben Stiller? Well, it wouldn't be Woody Allen anymore, I don't think. Sigmund Shlomo Freud. So what? Point. Yes, I, keep, I shit you not. Shlomo. Shlomo was his middle name. So Freud, you find him funny, uh, 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 and I do quite because you have this, you have this image, don't you, of the German? Let us talk about your father. Ah, oh, yes, it is all oh, about masturbation and yes. the fact that you want Little to talk hands. to your father. I think he was also very neurotic himself, and constantly he was the subject of his own uh, analysis most of the oh, time. Brilliant. Yes, my cigar. I'm worried that it is a replacement for my early masturbatory <laughs> tendencies. As if anybody didn't have masturbatory tendencies. I know you you do. Yeah. I think it's more the fact that his father ch- <laughs> threatened to chop off his little willy. His little willy? Your little Ziggy. <laughs> I will cut off your Johnson. If you don't stop playing with it. He's very likely to call it his Johnson, which is an American aphorism. I know, I like that. Uh, it's probably something different. Your Johan. I will cut off your Johan if you don't stop schmigling mustard. <laughs> if you don't stop Wankenhausen. <laughs> this is Sigmund. This is too much Wankenhausen. I will cut off your little Johan, is my impression of Sigmund Freud <clears throat> Sr. As a young medical student, he <laughs> dissected hundreds of eels. Because they looked like the penis. Uh, in an unsuccessful attempt <laughs> to locate... Their reproductive organs. Right, let's unpick this, right? So Why is he looking up, for their reproductive yeah, organs? Exactly, that's What's the first that? thing. I mean, no wonder he came up with a great theory about the unconscious id, right? <laughs> it was this during university, it was like, the other guys were like doing things like, I want to work out how a sheep's heart works. I would like to know, uh, Professor, could you supply me with 300 eels, please? <laughs> Why do you need this? I would like to find their cock and, and also their balls. <laughs> And, and he got it past them, and they went, Freud, that's genius. No one's ever found the cockpaws or la la of the eel. Uh, you're wrong. You're wrong. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, <laughs> it turned out ult- to be a fruitless exercise. <laughs> I, I failed to publish on the topic. He then turned his attention to a new exciting anesthetic drug the Bolivian marching powder. <laughs> Uh, but unfortunately, cocaine turned out to be dangerous and addictive, and Freud had to stop advocating its medical use. What was he using? According it for to the Book of Life, Pardon? what was he using the, the Charlie for? So I could dissect more eels. My eel. In, oh, it was the University of Vienna in 1881. He graduated because it was it was very well known for eccentric experiments. The University of Vienna around that time, the 18 mainly because Sigmund Freud was there. Presumably. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. 
I think psychoanalysis is all to do with understanding how your brain works, how your mind works, how you make decisions based on stuff that happened very early in your life. Right. And I think it's lost a bit of uh, credibility over the last half century, except apparently in Germany. So I think a lot of things that happen in your life can establish neuroses, etc., etc., etc. But it goes a little bit too far uh, in the case of Siegmund and his mates. <laughs> his bloody mates. Well, I think a lot of it is, is best understood as a sort of metaphor for how we transition from childhood into adulthood, right? Because when we're children, we are dictated entirely by this pleasure principle, which is I want more milk off my mummy's breast whenever I want it, right? Mm. I'm absolutely going to get that milky goodness. <laughs> and I'm going to masturbate whenever I want. And You've missed out a lot there, haven't you, between what? milky goodness and masturbation. Well, yeah, no, but, but he was the first to highlight that actually uh, kids, infants, babies even masturbate. But it was very shocking at the time. It was a very, I mean, it still is quite difficult, isn't it? To talk about children uh, being sexual beings, infants Ye and toddlers. Yes. Uh, and onwards. So it was kind of groundbreaking, I guess. Um, but you could argue that it was, all, it was a little bit too much kind of uh, obsessing about it. Probably because of his own masturbatory uh, hobby. Hobby. So anyway, you have this oral phase, this anal phase, and this phallic phase. But they're all they're all easy to ridicule. But I suppose they represent the different stages at which you try to move from the pleasure principle to the reality uh, principle. The pleasure principle is primal desires that they dictate everything. Your desire for, for food and for sex um, and evacuation through your bowels. So the phases that you talked about, the oral one, what did you call them? Oral, anal, phallic. In that order, yeah. So the oral one is all to do with I grab it, I suck it. Yeah, I need, and it's like, oh, oh, where's mummy's breast gone? Right, right. Is mummy cruel, or has she done it in a way that I don't think she's cruel? So I'm not going to ha have all sorts of problems later. With this sounds like hating women and stuff. Nonsense. Well, and then comes the annual phase, more commonly known as potty training. Ah, so where we face the challenges of defecation. <laughs> Haven't we already? face them in the nappy phase no the nappy phase you can just shit to your own uh, delight right? oh i see you mean that's the point control definitely you have to start getting socialized um so all sorts of things can uh, allegedly go wrong at this stage you know if you if your parents are too strict with it you might become overly uh, obsessed with cleanliness as, a, as and an that's adult. what we call obsessive compulsive disorder oh or, fuck i thought that was anal or, retentivity yeah or anally retentive in common parlance thing? Yes, no uh, f wording way. and parsimony, like being careful with your money, is all. Oh God, he's a bit anal. Um, obsessive compulsive disorder is not is not has definitely is not correlated with it in every case with a history of harsh potty training. I mean, it's just nonsense. Well, I did hear, in all seriousness, that he based most <clears throat> of his theories on him and his children, which were and there were yes. six of them, right? So that's yeah. a very small. Yeah, and a small subset subsection of um, middle-class Jewish society or in Austria. related to each other in the same family, given the same parenting. And Next comes up with the phallic phase. Yes! Which, um, guess when the phallic, when the phallic phase ends? Uh, 51. Uh, six years Whoa. old. Whoa! Seems and quite young, doesn't it? We have genital longings and... Uh, impossible. Or in my case, long genitals. I impo impossible. No? <laughs> Good. Having that? I, I'll give you that. <laughs> Thank you. That's funny, man. That's, that's fine. Oh, Impossible thanks. sexual wishes. Um, nope. 
I fulfilled every single one of my, uh, my oh really my desires. Yeah. Are you sure? Oh yeah, I'm a very simple man. Well, and because you more. didn't have sex with your, with your sisters. <laughs> oh God, God. No, but apparently that's you know we've got all sorts of incestuous uh, impulses, all sorts of grimness going on. Not with my sister. And um, we have they can't we can't just ignore them and repress them because they'll come out in different ways. Little children are sexual; they have sexual feelings, they get erections, they masturbate. Ladies don't get erections. Do they masturbate though? Yeah. Wow, that's unbelievable. Uh, I think this is where it all became. Uh, you got the Oedipus then coming in and all that stuff. Because you're you're being um, you're predisposed to being in love with one parent and hating the other, yeah. unconsciously. So is that true of everybody, or just people with the complex? It's true of everybody. You wow. go through a phase when you come out of it, or not. Wow, I remember I was quite close to my mother, um, but I think that was just because I was a bit shy and a bit you know um, clingy. But I, I don't think it reflected badly on my father, who I thought was all right, a bit strict, you know what I mean? But you'll always have another life, so you'll always feel a little bit let down at some point. Ah, is that the idea? Because I've never... Yes, you'll it. probably have a relationship, usually with your dad, <laughs> that mm. you're in competition with. Ah! I, and, and I guess you're saying, the fact that I don't didn't feel that uh, doesn't mean to say it wasn't happening in my subconscious. Yes, because these are all unconscious... Um, feelings yeah you would you'd probably have felt fiercely jealous of your father right no but i don't remember it but are you saying it's a subconscious feeling yeah 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 but i didn't really um anyway so you can be left feeling kind of i think there is an inevitable fe- stage of frustration and abandonment but which you if your parents are gentle and, and cajole you through it gently in a nice appropriate way then you're fine and you end up with a balanced um a balanced uh, view of which is um, that your mum can love you and your dad at the same time, right. rather than just one or the other. What about your other siblings? Which she clearly showed favouritism to. Yeah. So would it always be the boy who wants to have sex with his mum and the girl wants to have sex with his daddy? Or what if they're gay? What if a child is gay? I presume you'd have the same issue with your dad if you're a boy. But it wouldn't matter, actually. We'd still work that same dynamic. Yeah, exactly. So that's an interesting point. Does um, sexuality in terms of homosexuality versus heterosexuality, does that happen at this infantile stage then in your world, you pervert? Um, are you talking to me or Sigmund? Uh, I'm talking to Sigmund through you. Uh, You're like Sigmund's representative on Earth, like the Pope. Uh, I'm not sure I'm very com- comfortable with that. <laughs> but it's all about fusing sex and love or trying to fuse them. And in fact, it never stops being difficult that yeah. as an adult. So, which is not, which is, which is okay, actually, you know, to accept that, isn't it? Um, but it's all, it's, it's all true, about various ways of, of, of trying to adjust the difficulties of reality as opposed to Ooh, what our primal urges say should happen. So there's a connection here between what we've been talking about before I think, and that is what we're making fun a little bit of psychotherapy. But you just said the connection we is, are, what we is are. real. We aren't. We, uh, we are. What we you are. think, yeah. and that was similar to what you're talking about regarding CBT, which was like processes that happen in the brain for whatever reason, right? They might be um, down to what happened in a child or whatever. But realizing that they're abnormal is the wrong word. Realizing that they're not correct or they're not helpful, and tuning, training yourself 
to have more helpful well, ways of viewing yeah, the Well, world. adult life requires us to do that because yeah, the man. people who we regard as childish and emotionally immature think they can get uh, satisfy their primal urges all the time. And often they smell like poo-poo. They might just uh, do a big poo on you. <laughs> the immature people. Yeah. So, so he's in, you know, when he interpreted dreams... And Freudian slips—they're both—they're both, they're both an, a, a kind of window into that, into that forbidden uh, rage of primal instincts, which ah, is the right. id, and uh, and how it—it's really frustrated. It sort of wants to to uh, have sex with <laughs> people. So it's it's like uh, people it shouldn't have sex with, like the like the, uh, the the girl next, the woman next door, or whatever when you're married, or whatever it is. Jokes make possible. Uh, also, the satisfaction of an instinct, whether lustful or hostile. I don't know. Um, uh, but uh, definitely the use of humour is helpful. So there's there's a lot in there. I think um, when you take um, little hands and penis envy and all that, slightly more kind of <laughs> stuff that's specific to Freud's own life out of it, uh, my God, he made a huge contribution to understanding how difficult it is to be a human being. And that's, that's really important. Are you a fan or not? I'm a fan of his realisation in his later works of the structural nature of the, of the personality made up of superego, the ego and the id. There were many refinements of that model later, but they make sense. So the id is that, that childish, you know, I must have milk whenever I want it and I must be able to masturbate whenever I want all that stuff that's that's never gonna that's always there that's your primal drives then you have your superego which is how you're expected to behave in society when you defer gratification the immediate desire for gratification in the hope that you'll get something more sustainable perhaps as soon as you see a woman you find attractive you don't um, immediately molest her what you take your time (laughs) To, you might even take it for dinner. <laughs> when, when does the molestation happen? <laughs> and the point is, you don't molest her. No, no molesting. No, you take your time It'll to the point where then you get into a, maybe a longer term relationship where you oh, try right. and fuse sex and love together and all that stuff. And then it might be more sustainable. Right, and you'd be happier. Good. Maybe. God. Who knows? Anyway, There's something so, in this. Uh, there could be something in it. And your ego is your sense of self that results from this amalgamation or this in, in, um, interaction between the adult and child self, which in transactional analysis is much more obvious. In certain situations of stress, we regress to the child part, part of ourselves. Um, in other situations, we go into the parent mode. Got it. Most of the time, we're in a healthy adult state. And we don't, I mean, the parent mode doesn't, doesn't literally mean our life is a parent of children it means as a well, leader at work or where, where the where trans- got to take yeah where the leadership role yeah where the transactional analysis comes in is where you might be not realize it but you're in an intimate relationship with someone a romantic relationship and you're acting like the parent and she's acting like the child and it's making both of you unhappy and where, where you should be is an adult adult what in a relationship oh yeah because you're both adults <laughs> ideally what about with your children well, that's different, isn't it? Because well, then, then, then you should be parenting. I've recently gone through an interesting thing where my obviously my son has transitioned into adulthood, so the relationship shifts. 
Two adult, adult. Two adult, adult, and there's a transition stage. But it's where allowed. Are you giving him advice and being a parent yeah. or, or not? And uh, you know, I'll never not be his parent. So it's yeah. an interesting dynamic. But well, no, it's a changing, changing dynamic, mm. and it's not necessarily unhealthy. I think when people come for therapy, it's because they've got these entrenched roles that they can't get out of, and they can, and then they find a way of changing the script or, or whatever. They're, they're they're acting out a play where they're the parent and the other person is the child or vice versa and they're stuck in that rather than it being more fluid so so if i if you're sick mm. you got flu you become the child for a while and mm. let your, your partner be the parent if, the, if only chance would be a fine thing so tell me something uh, we might be coming full circle here or at least to some sort of conclusion i think what i'm hearing tell me if i'm right so whether you fully subscribe to freud or not i do quite like the um ego super ego id model it's kind of cool and i understand it more now are you saying that if you you can use this model to sort of analyze problems which might seep out for want of a better phrase into depressive type symptoms is that where we're getting to the more we ignore the difficulties um inherent in in mastering our ids our repressive desires mm. the more likely we are to end up in depression i guess you could argue that post freudians like anna freud would say, okay, so what we do is rather than ignore these primitive drives, we use we we sublimate them. So we express them in artwork or through festivals or through socially acceptable ways of displaying sexuality. Anna Freud as in Siegmund's daughter. Yeah. No way, man, that's cool. So that was that was basically our episode on Sigmund. Uh, I think perhaps we need to do a summing up, Oliver. Yes, probably. Uh, well, let's that, forget the eels for starters, right? And the little hands. And yeah, actually, we didn't even cover penis envy, but that's silly as well. Yeah, well, you're the only man to suffer from it. That's you? true. That's true. <laughs> I have to say that's a Woody Allen joke, yeah. but. Uh, I thought well executed. God, your second knob gag fitted into one shortcut. Anyway, I think what can we say about? Uh, well, Sigmund? I'd say that although we've had a bit of a laugh at Sigmund's expense, there is something to early um, uh, psychiatry that can be brought into into modern times. And uh, in terms of trying to work out what it is from your childhood which might have caused you um, anxiety, which might have led to depression. But a lot of it has been debunked. But you throw the baby out with the bathwater at your peril. And I remember asking you the question, you know, is he a hero or a villain to you? And I think you gave a very good balanced answer and that he's, he's both really. Yeah, well, I think but Sigmund, what he gave us was uh, an understanding of how the unconscious mind works. There definitely is an unconscious influence over our decisions in life and our partner choices perhaps and and how we transfer past relationships into the present which can cause if those if those past relationships were toxic in some way then we need to address those we need to understand those in the present yeah the thing i learned is that something horribly traumatic particularly in your childhood when i, I suppose you're vulnerable to trauma can have echoes into your adult life and i think that's partly what Siegmund was trying to say mm. in between trying to um, potty train his children and sex eels uh, see you next time bye for now hey thanks for joining us on why the long face as ever we're here to inform hopefully and entertain but we're not here to give you medical advice there is however information on our website ytlf.com that's w-h-y-t-l-f.com about where to get help see you next time